It's the next level. You need a plan. I want to be on the radio. He wants to be on radio. But to be on the radio, you have to have a voice. You have to have some verbal ability. You hardly ever say a word. I talk. This is ridiculous. I don't understand. You need to grow up. Is that Pat? No way. Oh, man, I love that guy. for the show that's truly too hot to handle. It's the Melting Pack, and it starts right now. You're listening to the Melting Pack. Here's your host, Pat Johnson. Alrighty, well, thank you, Jerome. Hey, friends, welcome to the show, the Melting Pack, here on the Next Level Network. Today... Well, today's an interesting day. So let me, uh, well, let me lay this out for you. If you're not a wrestling fan, this episode, sorry, Mom, it's not for you. Because this weekend, see, usually I would say Sunday, but we're going to get to that, is uh, the holiest day on the McManian calendar. McManian? McMahon? McManerberry, sorry. Uh, (laughs) WrestleMania is this weekend. And uh, due to the coronavirus outbreak, pandemic, it is uh, split in two nights this year, so we are getting, by far, I would say, the most unique WrestleMania we've ever had. So, Matt Shaw will join me in a minute on the phone, as uh, as is tradition. We will try to break this down as best we can. I don't know the order of things. I don't know uh, what the plan is for in case people have pulled out or couldn't work it or whatever. Um, so what I'm seeing right now for the card may change by the time he and I talk, so I'm not going to dive into any of it. Until uh, until Matt's able to join me, or if he's not, then we'll figure something else out. But as far as I know, today Monday, Matt and I will be doing the show sometime this week. So you'll hear by the time this uh, hits you on Saturday, you will know what's going on. All right, hopefully, I don't know. Uh, you know what? I can't promise that. So I hope that you will know. I hope we figure something out before the weekends. Um, otherwise, I don't know what I'm going to do for the rest of the show. Uh, but in the meantime. I've been staying home. I have decided, well, again, it's Monday, so I decided to uh, to take the next two weeks from work off just to be safe because uh, you never know with all this stuff. So our office closed abruptly on Friday um, after we'd been on this two-day-on, two-day-off schedule. So we closed. We all got sent home on uh, on Friday, and then they said, we're closed till further notice. And I said, okay, that's great. They're going to clean the building. We're going to come back in a week or two or whatever, and then, uh, and then we'll be okay. Well... Um, when they said we're closed until further notice, that ended up being Monday. So I decided to play it safe because nobody really knows. I work for uh, for the man, and nobody, unfortunately, has a lot of answers right now. So I decided to play it safe to uh, to take precautions, and I'm staying home uh, for a couple of weeks from work. So luckily, I don't have to use all that vacation time. I only have to use four days instead of uh, you know ten. So. That works out pretty well for me uh, in terms of saving my time when it, for when I'll need it, I guess. I don't know. Um, but I am taking <laughs> I'm taking some precautions. I am uh, not quarantined because I'm not sick. I am, uh, what's the word I want to use? Isolating. There we go. I mean, look, I've been going to work throughout this whole thing. I've been riding the bus and the train and all that. So uh, I've been 
I don't want to say exposed. I don't want to freak anybody out, but I have been uh, been out in it, I should say. So I decided, you know what? Let me take some time and sit back and just just try to. If I get it, then I can let it run through my system. If I don't get it, then um, then that'll be great. But I won't risk giving it to somebody else if I just stay home and not uh, come into contact with anybody. All right? Is that better? Is that a better explanation? I don't know. What I do know is that you're tired of this, and uh, if you're not a wrestling fan, now's the time to go. So there you go. I warned you. You got, uh, you know, four or five minutes of me in there for you. Well, one minute's the intro. So really four minutes of me rambling about what I'm doing the next two weeks, which is uh, staying home. I've been writing a lot more. I'm posting some more stuff over the next few days. So that's a benefit. Um, I'm working out more. There you go. I'm trying to get myself, um, trying not to go crazy, I guess, and try not to get too, uh, what's the word, lethargic? Is that the, no, that's not the right word. Try not to be a lump. All right. That's what I'm doing. Or whatever. Okay, so so I hope you're well. Uh, whatever you're doing, if you are uh, going to work still, stay safe. Be careful. Um, don't high-five. Also, going outside to the park or whatever and then sitting six feet across from all of your friends is not social distancing, okay? Stay home. Do it on FaceTime or Zoom or Skype or whatever the hell and do a virtual happy hour or whatever you got going on. Um, yeah, going out, if you absolutely do not have to, is not a good idea. So, uh, yeah, take the advice of the doctors and the people and don't go on uh, on any trips. Don't go to the beach. Don't uh, Just stay home, all right? Stay home, wash your hands, do all that stuff. You know the drill by now. And uh, hopefully, look, if we all do this together at the same time, then we can get over this. If not, we're going to be in this for the long haul. So just do your best. Stay home. I know it's, uh, I know it's tough for a lot of people, but do your best. Stay home and uh, try not to... Trying not to go crazy, all right? All right, so for the wrestling fans in the audience, this is uh, this is for you. This episode is for you, you guyses and gals and theys and whatever. For the rest of you, thanks for coming. Next week is back to normal, I think, I hope, maybe, all right? All right, so here's the bell, and this is me and my good friend Matt Shaw breaking down uh, a very interesting WrestleMania 36. All right, so once again, Matt Shaw is here. I think this is our fifth WrestleMania preview show. Once again, Shaw in his car. Stay safe, buddy, in this new wacky world we're in. How are you, man? I'm doing very well, Patty. Thank you for uh, having me on for our annual WrestleMania preview. Oh, this is uh, a more interesting show than most. And I think, uh, well, the TV leading up to this has been quite something. They've already taped the show there are no fans because coronavirus, so keep washing your hands. But, uh, Matt, what's your excitement level on this show overall? Uh, I'm actually pretty excited. I was actually looking through the card the other day, and under normal circumstances, I think it would have been an amazing show because I think the card uh, on paper is actually excellent. Uh, the build has been uh, underwhelming, but... I think with a, with or without a pandemic, it would have been underwhelming. So um, I don't know. I'm, pr- I'm pretty excited. I'm pretty pumped for it because I really haven't watched any live TV in like a month. So I think it's time. I like. I don't like the reasoning behind it, but I love that they're going to the two day format. And we, I think we've suggested that every year that they should really because they want to pack as many matches as many people on the show as they can. So they should really make it like a comic con where they spread it out over a couple of days. And I'm glad, you know, circumstances notwithstanding, I'm glad that they are finally trying it out this year. 
So am I. Um, I think their roster has been so deep for so long that rather than these marathon manias to where the crowd is just tuned out, it's better to just maybe do two separate three or four hour shows and have a hot crowd for everybody. Yeah, I would not be surprised if they try this when the fans are able to come back into the stadiums. I would not be shocked if next year we are still looking at, well, hopefully uh, by this time next year we will be out of the woods with this pandemic. Um, but, you know, I, I really think they should try this going forward just so, like you said, crowds are going to get burnt out. We can, you know, uh, avoid that from not having a 17-hour show. I'm with you because uh, I feel like they just pretty much cram 17 matches onto a six-hour show, and it's hard for even a hardcore fan to make it through that. So I, I think it's a good idea. Yeah, we started watching in over two days anyway. Just we would watch from the pre-show till about uh, nine o'clock and then watch the second half of the show the next day because like I can't sit down and watch a seven hour show all at once. I can't even imagine what it was like to be in one of those. Uh, Honestly, like I had a blast the ones that I went to, but I was heavily intoxicated (laughs) and uh, it was. But it was a great time. It's like going to a, a doubleheader football game. <laughs> but, but no, it was cool. But it's, to sit in front of your TV that long, it, it is tough. Man, that is uh, that. At least I get to pause. You know, that's <laughs> that's a plus there. But I want to start uh, with this card. Like you said, it's it's a big card. There's a lot of good stuff on here, um, and we're going to get to most of it as as best we can. We're on a bit of a time crunch as usual, but. Um, There are two matches on here that I don't think are actually happening. And the first one is the SmackDown Tag Team Championship ladder match, Miz and Morrison, New Day, and the Usos. Apparently, the Miz showed up to the taping, and he was under the weather. Why he showed up, I don't know. But they sent him home, and I think we're getting a ladder match, John Morrison against one of the Usos. Have you read anything to that effect? Uh, That's exactly what I read. Well, there you go. So... I don't know which one of the Usos it's going to be. I don't, I mean, not to crap on either one of them. I don't think it matters. I think this match is going to be fun regardless. Um, It's unfortunate given the circumstances we have to go this route, but uh, I think this, all things considered, is going to be fun no matter what. I agree. It's really unique, and it'll be really interesting to see like a spotty type of match in an empty arena or an empty training facility. So I think we're in for a pretty unique show. I think WrestleMania always has that one or two spot fest match. And I think this is a great pairing. They're kind of making the most out of this situation. Two athletic guys. Uh, so I think we're good. I think it'll be pretty good. I expect uh, Miz and Morrison to retain because I think it'd be kind of weird for one Uso to grab the belt and then we have a title change. Seems kind of convoluted. So, yeah, whatever. I think uh, Miz and Morrison retain. We get our spot fest. What are you thinking, Patty? I think, I mean, they just won the titles not too long ago, and I, it, given the circumstances, like maybe they were going for a title change at WrestleMania, but uh, I think now that the presumed match is out the window, I think you got to have them retain. Uh, although the story of, well, we didn't actually lose because we weren't both in the match could really work for Miz and Morrison, but I don't think, I don't think the, uh, the creative team that's going these days can really keep that up in the air. Pat, I've been so brainwashed that I'm just so accustomed to their uh, complacent booking, I, but I love your idea. It's a great opportunity for uh, some heels to be heels. I mean, it could really work out, and then you get a nice little program going forward, but um, 
I don't know. I, I don't think they'd be able to, if they pull the trigger, I don't think they'd be able to keep it going and keep it interesting. But who knows? I mean, there are a lot of talented guys in this involved in this uh, program, so I'm not sure. But my the second match that I don't think is happening, I think Lashley pulled out, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> Sorry. Um, Aleister Black, Bobby Lashley, randomly going one-on-one. I don't know what their whole build was for this match. I don't know what the story is, but... I don't think Lashley is going to be there, which is a bummer for Aleister Black, I think. Yeah, me too. I was looking forward to him just getting a singles win, a little like couple-minute showcase on Mania. I think that's what they were going for. But, um, yeah, I think they should just fill in with somebody else because Lashley assumed, was just going to be a, somebody to get steamrolled by Aleister, I'm assuming. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, it, it's good to see Aleister get a little individual singles match just to showcase maybe that, that cool, badass theme, uh, his cool moveset. Um, I think they actually finally have something um, in line for him. I think they want him to do well, and he's going to get a significant push when this whole pandemic gets set aside and we kind of get on a better routine. Oh, no problem. I'll just tell everybody you got pulled over. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off, but you were talking about Alistair. Yeah, Alistair Black, I think uh, this is a guy who has all the talent in the world. He's got a unique look, unique moveset, like you said. Um, I would be surprised if they didn't find somebody in the back or somebody who shows up who doesn't have a match and said, hey, kid, go out there, you're facing Alistair Black. I think, you know, normally on a WrestleMania, you don't want to have like a, I don't want to call it a squash, but like just a like throwaway. But in this case, I think they can make the exception, get Alistair out there, get somebody else out there to shine and go from there. So we'll see what happens with that one. But uh, like this is going to be a theme for us for this show. It's going to be very interesting to see how they deal with the issues that they're having that are totally out of their control. I expect this mania to like have some finality to it. You know, I, I expect like a lot of storylines not to have much like, oh gosh, I got to tune in for Raw tomorrow kind of thing. Because I feel like they're not quite sure when they can have the momentum to maybe have like another pay-per-view. Or, you know, when they're going to be able to do that. So I, I think a lot of these storylines are going to see some endings. So, yeah, I, I feel like we're going to get some clean finishes and maybe end a lot of these feuds, if not all of them. And I think that's what WrestleMania should be anyway. We've talked about that before, how they should really kind of reset the calendar after WrestleMania, which they don't usually do. And again, all things considered, I mean, it's not the best way to, to have to do it, but I think this could force them into taking an off season, which is something that people have lobbied for, for a number of years. So, um, not again, not the best way to, to go about it, but you know, whatever forces the hand, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it, it, no, it wouldn't just be a bad idea, like global issues or not. Like you just said a little off season, if not, maybe just two or three weeks to where instead of doing live TV, they can just fill that those hours with content. I mean, they have tons of content, fill it with stuff from the network, and then people come back three weeks fresher, you know, and you can, like you said, hit the reset button and kind of freshen things up a bit. I, so I, I'm down with that. I think it's a good idea. Yeah, because then imagine the raw that you come back on. Like, here's this live thing. We're going to start fresh. Maybe you do another draft. I don't know. Um, or you just say, hey, we're coming back to do this. And somebody's issuing a challenge. Somebody's doing that. So uh, I think there are a lot of ways they can go here. Unfortunately, we just don't have a timetable. But uh, we do have a couple of matches that, for me, are uh, destined for Shotgun Saturday Night and Sunday Night Heat, respectively, 
Elias versus King Corbin and Otis versus Dolph Ziggler. Now I'm not saying there haven't been, they haven't like built these at all, but I can't see these like making it onto the main shows with everything else we have. Do you agree? Uh, geez, I don't know. I could actually just them saying get and putting them both on. <laughs> I mean, I, are they even going to bother with the pre-show? I mean, I think they are. Each night we'll have a one-hour pre-show. Oh, really? Okay, then yeah, I, I you're probably right. Those are my two picks as well to be on the pre-show. Which is, you know, not great for the guys involved like Ziggler and Otis have actually had kind of a feud for the last several weeks and Elias and Corbin have too. But I just feel like with that, with all the high pro higher profile stuff that's on this card, uh, this is destined for, Hey, we'll throw it down to the ring and then we'll come back and have the King talk about, uh, I don't know, Brock Lesnar or something. Yeah. Um, I can totally see that hundred percent. And just seeing like Corbin versus Elias, like, I'm not complaining. I'm not a huge Corbin fan. I can tolerate him. He's a good heel. But it just goes to show, like, what short-term thinking the WWE has. Like, what was it, two months ago, this guy was, like, going over Roman Reigns. And now he's looking like he's going to be on the pre-show versus Elias. You know, it's just, it's hard for me to invest in their television when I know at least four weeks later, if I'm lucky, it won't mean anything. Yeah, that was at the Rumble, right? He he, um, they faced each other, or uh, Corbin faced Roman, right? So that to go from that to a throwaway thing with Elias is—I mean, I'm not a Corbin fan either, but if you're gonna, you know, push the guy, you got to at least try to be consistent a little bit, right? Yeah, I mean, like like I said, I'm not a huge Corbin guy, but. I feel like he's another victim of the stop and start pushes, you know, like he's hot for a couple months then they kind of put him aside and then they'll heat him back up when they need a guy in June to contend with the title. You know, it just, he kind of fell to the, in that same category, that same basket of guys that have these stop and start push. And it's unfortunate. And maybe uh, some time off will, uh, will help out. I don't know, but um, it's going to be messy. No matter how we slice it, the, uh, the aftermath of this is going to be a mess, but um, oh, I was going to jump to the women's, but first, the uh, the Raw Tag Titles, the Street Profits, who I'm a big fan of, they're so much fun. Uh, they are taking on Angel Garza and Austin Theory, because Andrade got hurt. Uh, this one, unfortunately, there's no real heat here. Like, they've had interactions over the last probably two weeks on Raw, but that's kind of been it. So I feel like this is going to be, I don't know, just kind of there. If fans were in the crowd for this, nobody would care that much, but... Um, I love the Street Profits, so I'm looking for them to go over. Yeah, same. I mean, I feel like the more we go through this card, I know I just said it looked excellent. I think I'm a big <laughs> liar. Um, <laughs> no, I'm joking. I think, like, the other half that we're going to get into looks excellent, but this is, I'm realizing that maybe, like, four to five matches here are, like, almost like house showy type of stuff. So outside of the ladder match. But, um, yeah, I'm not sure why this is even on and i guess i understand they need content to fill the show um i guess austin theory is like living on cloud nine i mean the guy came up from evolve seems like not that long ago and now he's finds himself technically on a wrestlemania card which is pretty cool for him yeah that's got to be awesome to be here here's where i was two months ago versus yeah there are no fans in the crowd but you're getting that wrestlemania paycheck so yeah good technically for him. he's still on mania it's pretty sweet yeah <laughs> I, I take it. I take that bone. That's pretty cool. 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah, so um, not looking forward to that one as much as I, I would like to. But, you know, I wish they had more heat. I guess that's all. Same. It's just a couple segments what it wouldn't have hurt, right? I mean, I don't know. Whatever. I don't I don't think they give a about it. It's hard for me to give a about it. But I agree. I just Maybe it's a vehicle to get the Street Profits a win and get the tag belt some love on the pay-per-view. And I'm, that's cool. That would be nice. Uh, so we have other tag belts on this show. The Women's Tag Team Championship, the Kabuki Warriors, taking on Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. And finally, Matt, we got something with some uh, with some heat behind it because this is uh, Alexa Bliss has been calling out the Kabuki Warriors for it feels like three months or so. Hmm. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you, Pat. I honestly didn't think it had any build because I probably haven't been keeping in touch with this angle. You tell me what's been going on with this. <laughs> well, uh, essentially, Alexa Bliss has been calling out Asuka and Kyrie saying, "Like, hey, you're on NXT, you're on Smet, you're on Raw." You're everywhere else, but why aren't you on SmackDown? We want to challenge you. You're ducking us. And that's kind of been, I know that's not um, not the hottest of builds, but compared to the five matches we just talked about that have almost nothing, that's a step up. I Actually, yeah. Okay, I like that angle because that's pretty cool. And it's kind of like a work shoot. Like, hey, I can, you know, we're an actual tag team, but yet like we're not contenders for it for some reason. And then they finally answer the call. And I, I want to say that I'm really happy that they didn't split Bliss and uh, Cross like they were teasing, like when they first got together, because I think it's kind of a fun pairing and uh, kind of like this lovable friendship, which is like made Alexa Bliss a pretty good baby face when she's was such a great heel. It's made her pretty good at the baby face as well. So I think it's a great pairing. And I love the Kabuki Warriors. I think they're a good team. Um, yeah, I actually, I'm looking forward to this one. It should be pretty good. It's probably the most. Uh, significant uh, women's tag in uh, this year, I guess, right? Because the last one main event of the TLC show and really hasn't done much since. Yeah, I think so. I mean, the Kabuki Warriors have been kind of been floating around show to show. Um, whatever it takes to get more Asuka screaming in Japanese on my TV, I will take. Same. <laughs> she is hilarious, and uh, and I'm a big fan. All right, so we got a historic one for you, Matt. The NXT Women's Championship, first time ever defended on WrestleMania, I wish people were there to see it. But Charlotte Flair decided, hey, I'm going to challenge Rhea Ripley. We're going to get this done. And I like Rhea Ripley. Charlotte Flair, we've talked about a number of times how good she is and how uh, she's, you know, the cream of the crop, as it were. The cream rises to the top. Oh, yeah. Um, have you kept up with this at all? Yeah, I think this is really good. I love that. Um, they use the Royal Rumble as a vehicle to put over an NXT belt. You know, Charlotte wins the Rumble. Most people assume she's going to, you know, challenge Becky or go to SmackDown, whatever, but she chose NXT, which really puts over that belt and that brand. So whether Charlotte wins or loses, I think NXT is the real winner here because their brand kind of moves up a notch. Um, like I said, that Charlotte used her Royal Rumble victory for it. Um, it's obvious to it's easy to think like oh Rhea should go over you know um but it wouldn't hurt if she lost in the right way and then they could come back and have an awesome rematch to where maybe she can get her win back uh so i'd i'd be for charlotte taking the belt here maybe staying in nxt a little bit and then her and Rhea have like this anticipated rematch down the line maybe hopefully this all clears up by like a summer slam or maybe even next year at mania i think they can have like a great long-standing feud yeah, I think Charlotte 
winning here would do wonders for NXT. I think she can make Rhea look good in a loss. And I think, you know, think about all the the talent that's coming through NXT lately and imagine them going toe-to-toe with Charlotte. So I think there's a lot to be gained from Charlotte winning, even though, uh, I mean, Rhea took down Shayna Baszler, which was a big win for her. And now you're going after the other big fish in the pond. So... I mean, either way, I think this works out well. But yeah, I'm, I'm going to agree with you on that one, that Charlotte winning here does maybe not more good, but just as much good for the division as a whole than if uh, if Rhea kept winning. Do you think it would be too much too soon if Rhea went over Charlotte? Um, Maybe. I don't know, because, yeah, she just had a, a massive win, and maybe the story can be, well... You know, yeah, you might have beaten Shayna Baszler, but I'm the queen and nobody can step to me. Uh, Because then where do you go? Like, you go over Charlotte Flair WrestleMania. Where do you go from there? Exactly. Yeah, that's how I feel about it, too. It's just, I don't know. I feel like uh, it would be nice to see her, since she is like a baby face, to kind of work from underneath, you know? Like, she lost to Charlotte. She's got to work her way back up and that whole dramatic thing. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm for a Charlotte win here. I think that'd be good. Yeah, I think the chase, Rhea Ripley chasing and running through the roster could be a lot of fun. Um, Matt, it wouldn't be WrestleMania if we didn't have a multi-person elimination match on this card somewhere. And that's what we get with the SmackDown Women's Championship. It's Bayley, Lacey Evans, Tamina, oh boy, Naomi, and Sasha Banks. And um, the first thing I want to say here is I hope that they give Tamina some time, but I feel like they're going to have her be eliminated first. What do you think? Uh, I actually did not realize that it was an elimination match, which makes it pretty interesting. But yeah, she's definitely out first, Pat. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just don't get it. Like, she's got the tools. I think she can be a bigger star. But, uh, well, the people in charge don't agree. So there you go. I don't know. I feel like there's no... All right, let me backtrack there. Um, the easy story is we come down to Bailey and Sasha and maybe finally split up that team or maybe they do a finger poke of doom. I don't know. Um, but is there a way around this where you can see maybe one of them eliminates the other and we might be guaranteed a new champion? Yeah, I could see that. Um, I could see that. I, I actually think Sasha will walk out champion. Uh, I'm not exactly sure how, but I don't think it'll result in like a full blown split. You know, I can see maybe, uh, somebody pinning Bailey and then Sasha doesn't break up the pin. And then Sasha goes on to win the belt kind of thing. So I can see something like that happening towards like an indirect, like FU kind of deal. You know, you didn't eliminate me, but you also didn't help me not get eliminated. So there's some, some friction there, which could be a lot of fun going forward. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. I, I like, uh, I really like Sasha. I think she got a lot of shine when she first came up and rightfully so. And then she kind of got cooled off a bit and, I don't know if she got injured or walked out. I feel like the, her career the past couple of years has been a mess. I'd like to see her get back on track. She's really good, and she's finally a heel, which uh, was long overdue, but I hope to see her maybe get some more opportunities on SmackDown. Yeah, Sasha as a babyface didn't really do it for me, so uh, I'm interested in, in seeing where she goes from here. So, um, but, I, 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 but, Pat, do you miss Cole screaming it's boss time every time she makes an entrance? Oh, God. <laughs> the the worst the worst it was the worst it's uh it's b- the big dog and boss time and there's a third one i can't remember but 
just his his buzzword phrases, the way he his grating voice, just yelling that I oh I hate it oh so bad. If you can't tell, I'm not a Michael Cole fan. Everybody, I, I've made it clear on this show. He I think he sucks. <laughs> Did you ever see and notice when he um when he made that call? Remember when Shane jumped off the cell like a couple of years at Mania a couple of years ago, and he made a call that said like for the love of mankind. Uh, what something totally like inorganic that like you would never say. He was actually reading off his paper, and you could see it. Did you see? Did you catch that? Yes, I did. And I was like, "Yep, that's that." If you need evidence why Michael Cole sucks, there it is. But they love him. I mean, he's been there for like twenty five years. I mean, good for him. He's in a he's in a great spot. He's been calling SmackDown by himself lately, and he's actually not been terrible. So good for him. Uh, he's just not for me. He's never really been my uh, my bag of chips. Mine either. He's more he's more like the salt and vinegar kind of chips, to be honest. <laughs> Some people enjoy it. Uh, we do not. So no, a very small minority enjoy it. I I would say so. Yeah, that's fair to say. Um, Are you a salt and vinegar guy or no? No, absolutely not. No. Okay. Same. No. Uh, I may be in the minority though. I'm not a big Shayna Baszler fan. Like I get it. She's really good at what she does. She's you know the cage fighter. She's tough as. Sh- uh, and that's fine, but I just, it's not for me. Uh, but she is facing Becky Lynch for the Raw Women's title. Um, Matt, is this the time when the man finally goes down? Um, I'm going to say no, it's not. But, you know, I think, unfortunately, with Baszler, the case is is that she's been a little bit overexposed since she's gotten to the main roster. I think Triple H does a great job with his talent in NXT of, maybe hiding weaknesses and exuding strengths. And, you know, Baszler didn't talk much. She had great opponents. She was given some, like, very basic storylines, which were effective and really fun to watch. But the moment she comes out to WWE, they give her this really, like, they give her a lot of mic time. They give her, like, this vampire bite kind of deal and a little awkward. You know, I don't know. I just feel like they kind of threw her right out of her comfort zone so quickly that she became a little overexposed to me. And I loved the idea that they had at the Elimination Chamber. I thought her going over everybody was the right move. But the way that match was booked and, like, configured was just so poor. You know, you had, like, the boring, awkward moments between uh, entrance, and you had, like, her and Asuka, like, grunting at each other. It was just, like, so weird. Like, you could have had her eliminate everybody. Like, why not have all five girls in there and then she comes out at number six and then just destroys everybody in two minutes and the match is over. Like, why did she have to literally just taunt to the crowd for 20 minutes and then beat people in 90 seconds? Like, it, I love the booking and the idea to establish her as a dominant force, but I feel like they've done her no favors at all. And I feel like she's trying to work with what they're giving her and it's just not working. Because her, her work in NXT was excellent. It catered to her strength, but I feel like right now she's a little overexposed. And she's not the first person to come out of NXT and have this problem, which is a shame and a a testament to, I don't even know what, I don't even know what the issue is, but yeah, they were playing to her, to what she was good at. And all of a sudden they're trying to make her into something she isn't. And maybe that's why, no, I I wasn't a huge fan of NXT. I I understood it. I got what they were doing and it was fine. But um, yeah, what they're doing now, I just, you know, they're trying to make her, not like everybody else, but they're trying to pigeonhole her a little bit, and it's coming off as really awkward and forced. I think that's it. 
It is. I, I agree with you. It, it It is forced, but I don't think it's much fault to her own, of her own. I think WWE in general just needs to do a better job of realizing that not everybody is great at everything. Like, WCW did not put a mic in front of Goldberg in 1998. They just let him destroy people, and he got over and made a lot of money. Like, I, I don't understand why everybody has to constantly be cutting promos, and everybody constantly has to, you know, have 20-minute matches. And, you know, it's just like, it's sometimes you have to kind of get creative. That's why it's creative. You know, you work with your talent. It's like asking a, a cleanup hitter to bat leadoff. You know, like, he's not accustomed to it. So I feel like they need to do a better job of booking her material and booking her situation. So, um, but I don't think that she's ready to end a year long title reign. I think that'd be way too much for her, but I think she needs to lose in, um, unconvincing fashion. Maybe like a, um, I could see what's her finish, like this chicken wing kind of deal, right? Like a choke. I could see them doing the old, like Bret Hart, Steve Austin finish to where Becky climbs up the ropes and does like a roll up kind of thing. And, just barely escapes with her belt. At least that kind of keeps, I know I said like a lot of these huge should end, but I'm not looking forward to seeing Baszler tap out like and lose definitively. I don't think that's the right move. It would be good to see her lose, but just like kind of by the skin of her teeth kind of thing. Yeah. I think they need to uh, protect Shayna a little bit, given how they've kind of mishandled her since uh, coming up from NXT. So yeah, I think um, not necessarily a hundred percent clean finish, for Becky, a clean win for Becky, I should say. Uh, but yeah, I think she should, you know, she kind of went over Ronda in a similar fashion, right? Where she just kind of rolled her up surprisingly and got it that way. I mean, that seems weird to do two years in a row, but it ties into, hey, I beat both of you. And then like, well, not really, but all right. Yeah, that's exactly. Just just like, I agree. It's kind of coincidental that I'd like to see two finishes like that in a row, even though I would have liked to see Ronda tap last year or at least get pinned cleanly, but uh, whatever. I mean, yeah, I think um, we're kind of on the same page there. I like it. All right, let's see if we're going to be on the same page once again going forward here. Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins, I, I'm into this. I've been a fan of this Seth Rollins Messiah gimmick he's got going on. I like that Kevin Owens is the baby face kind of, no, you're just being an and it's time to time for somebody to shut you up and they're going with this whole thing of kevin owens um uh, you know i have the home field advantage i trained here seth rollins is like dude they built this place because of me and i like their their back and forth uh, i really enjoyed the promos the last couple of raws from them so uh there is some uh some intensity here which is something that was lacking early in this card for us so i uh i'm into this i can't figure out who i would rather see win. I think we're going to get some shenanigans from the Seth Rollins side of things. Uh, but other than that, I don't really know. Uh, yeah, I agree that the story is okay. Um, I, I love, like you said, that they're bringing the training facility to light. Like uh, they're not pretending that they're wrestling in an empty training facility. They're kind of making it part of the story, which I think is really cool and giving the, you know, the nod to it, which is really cool. But uh, I'm going to disagree. I really don't like the Monday Night Messiah gimmick. Uh, I think that seems really forced to me. I feel like Rollins, he's such a talented wrestler. But I think as a character, he has just no idea who he is. I think he's had a hard time finding out who he was, honestly, since the break from the authority. Like, I feel like he is just a guy who's a really good wrestler. And then he got over by being a really good wrestler a couple of years ago. 
He beats Lesnar. And then the moment they start giving him a microphone every single week, the crowd just immediately turned on him. I feel like he hasn't had much of a character since the authority. And uh, I'm really not buying the Messiah thing. I, I don't think it, I don't know. It just doesn't work for me at the moment, but I do love the fact that they have been feuding for a while. Owens' baby face runs pretty cool. He is likable. Um, I don't know. I, I'm going to say Owens gets a nice baby face win here. That's that's my pick. I like that we're disagreeing. It makes for better radio. Because I think that this Seth, this version of Seth Rollins is the best characterized he's been since his run in WWE, really. I think he's had some of, done some of his best work promo-wise. I'm enjoying the... You know, he's created a bit of a cult following with uh, the AOP and Murphy and all that. Uh, I've enjoyed this character version of Seth Rollins more than any other. So, I don't know. To each their own, I suppose. But I think, uh, yeah, I think we're going to go with the the Kevin Owens gets the win. I do think he's going to, you know, it would be weird to have, you know, the overcome the odds Superman type of win. But if anybody could make that look okay, I think Kevin Owens is one of those guys. Yeah, and, you know, I, I think Rollins, I think it would be a lot easier for him to rebound from a loss here than it would Owens. You know, I feel like Owens still hasn't had, well, he had a great babyface win against Shane back at SummerSlam, I think, right, SummerSlam, and then then they cooled him off, but I think he needs something to kind of get going again. Yeah, all right, so we disagree on Seth Rollins, uh, the character, but we're taking the same guy for the win, so that's good. I'm looking forward to this match. At least, again, there's something to it. And uh, this should be a nice blow-off. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, speaking of storylines, I've enjoyed. I don't know about you, but I've enjoyed this Drew Gulak, Daniel Bryan um, teaching via PowerPoint type thing. Have you uh, have you caught any of this at all? Uh, some, yeah, and I've really liked it. I think you can see, I'm sure Daniel Bryan's fingerprints are like all over this, but I think it's great because there are a lot of guys that are being wasted as we talked about the roster being so big. But it's great to see Gulak getting an opportunity, um, especially at like a WrestleMania, even though he's not wrestling, but he's part of an angle. And it's it's good. It's It gives Brian something different to do and get some more guys over. And uh, so right now, I think we kind of get like this weird indie dream match of Brian versus uh, Sami Zayn. And I do like what Sami Zayn's been doing with this whole artist collective thing with Shinsuke and, uh, and Cesaro. Again, a couple of guys who seem kind of lost over the last couple of years, and now they're in a thing and they're involved in a WrestleMania angle. So um, I think this could be match of the night. I'm really looking forward to it. And like you said, like an indie dream match. And uh, this is something that, this is what I'm really looking forward to. Me too. I think it'll be really good. They developed like a story to where they can just go out and have a great wrestling match. You know, it's not going to be like a brawl. It's not going to be a spot show. Like it'll, they built the story to where, somebody's competing for a title and they can just have a clean slate. So I think it's going to be a great wrestling match. And uh, I'm looking forward. I expect, you know, I'm going to say, uh, I think Brian's going to take the belt. Actually, that's my prediction. I could see that. I think they're, they're just going out and, and wrestling weirdly wrestling for the sake of wrestling, but there's also something to the story. So um, looking forward to this a whole bunch. Um, I don't know. It's weird because Sami Zayn just won the title not too long ago from, uh, from Strowman. But he's a kind of guy who doesn't really need the belt to be over. So I think a big babyface win for Brian would be uh, would be a good call here. Yeah, Sam, I'm with you. I think um, Zane is a great heel, but like you said, I don't I don't think he needs the belts. I think he 
I think his future, unfortunately, it seems like they want to keep him as a manager, even though he is a great wrestler. Hopefully this little run here could make them kind of change their minds on that. And, um, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to the match. Speaking of stuff you're looking forward to, Matt, this is your this is your match of the night. I'm going to go out on a limb and say this. Your favorite, The Undertaker, is taking on AJ Styles in, I don't know what this means, but a Boneyard match. And I got to say, Matt, I was really looking forward to this. And then I saw The Undertaker's promo, which I really enjoyed. But then he brought in, oh, well, my wife does, does your finisher better than you do, uh, boy, son of a bitch. I'm like, ah. Lost a bit of steam for me on that one, but I know you're excited. Yeah, I am totally in agreement with you. I think um, I'm having flashbacks of Sarah and DDP. I don't know about you. Oh, yeah, a little bit. I know, and I, I just fear for AJ getting pinned by McCool on a future episode of Raw. But I think the angle is interesting. Um, I don't, it's just, if you were to tell me, the Undertaker's wrestling AJ Styles. Like when this happened at Super Showdown, like the build started, it was like, all right, cool. We're going to get a traditional, you know, legend versus current uh, main eventer match. But it, it has developed into like this work shoot involving The Undertaker's wife. And The Undertaker has essentially changed his character back to the American Badass. It's like, what the f is going on here? I will say, uh, I always thought it was strange that they called this weird biker, you know, biker dad guy, The Undertaker, but I always enjoyed his promos from that time. So if they keep this for a little while, I'm okay with it in that regard. But uh, yeah, the other stuff, it could get a little bit messy. I don't know. Did you see that um, the exchange that him and Jericho had, Undertaker and Jericho had? No, I did not. Apparently, a fan... Uh, had asked Jericho if um, he's going to sue The Undertaker for using the word ass clown in his promo. And then Jericho said, absolutely not. Undertaker does what he wants. And then Undertaker said, uh, he said, like, my bad, Jericho. I knew I heard that from somewhere. Like, what a, what a world we live in to where The Undertaker has Instagram. And where he's actually, like, responding like a person. Like, that, that's al it's always been so weird to me how, because The Undertaker for years, and you can certainly attest to this, has been like this mythical being where it's like, hey, he doesn't interact with people in a normal way. And all of a sudden, he's on Instagram posting selfies with tigers. Like, what, what is going on? I have no idea. Do you, do you like that they have broken all of his kayfabe so he can stay around longer? Or do you rather, do you like your undertaker in a box? And uh, we never want to know much about him. You know, I'm kind of down the middle on this one. I like that he is... Uh, I like that he's still around because I've always been a fan of his. I do wish they kind of kept the lid a little tighter on, on who he is, though. I agree. I mean, it's kind of, uh, I mean, the guy's been wrestling for 30 years, and now we're just going to start peeling the layers on who The Undertaker is. You know, it's kind of like, oh, Jesus Christ. Like, I feel, I feel like, how does he go back to being The Undertaker now after uh, cutting promos about his wife doing style clashes? Like, they tried this with DDP and Sarah, like you said. They they tried it in 2002. It, you know, it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't great. So I don't know, I don't know what the end game is. Maybe if this is, although I got to say, if this is his last match ever, that's, uh, I mean, it is AJ Styles, but think of the circumstances around the feud where it's just like, all right, this is weird. 
So I don't know. I, you know, I'd be very shocked if this was his last match. I think, as crazy as it sounds, I think if he was ever going to actually retire, it would have been at WrestleMania 33 when he took all of his attire off or whatever. Well, not the entire, not his pants. That would have been very strange. But his like jacket and his hat and folded it up. But I think we kind of are now in a reality to where The Undertaker is just going. He's never going to retire. And he's just going to go and go and go and go. He'll always be around. He might never officially retire. He might be in segments. He might be chokeslamming people when he's in his mid-60s. I don't see him ever going away. Uh, yes, The Undertaker stripping nude after WrestleMania was uh, was a hallmark moment in his career. That was a sick ending to a seven-hour mania. <laughs> Certainly a man memorable, in his 50s, right? A man in his 50s, ass naked in front of 80,000 people. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. I would love to see The Undertaker just like <laughs> wheeling out there just for a random segment and just chokeslam somebody and leave. I think that is the best use of The Undertaker anymore. Like he gets in the whole, you know, ministry era garb. You know, the bell goes off, the lights go out. Lights come back on, he chokeslams some random dude, and then he leaves, and you don't see him for like six months. Yeah, that might do uh, some harm, but you know what? I'll mark out, and, pe- and if they come out with a new shirt, I'll probably buy it. All right, let's take that probably out of that. You know you'll buy two. Sorry, I'll buy two. <laughs> Speaking of gimmick matches, look at my segues are on point today. I want to pat myself on the back. Uh John Cena came out a couple weeks ago and said, hey, I don't, I don't think I could do WrestleMania this year. I haven't been around. I'm not going to do it. And then The Fiend just appears and points to the sign like everybody else. And now we get a Firefly Funhouse match with Bray Wyatt and John Cena. Uh, six years in the making, I think, right? Uh, you're right. Yeah, six years. Yep. I love Bray Wyatt. I've said it plenty of times on this show. I think he's the best... Um, creatively performer that they have on the roster. Maybe that's a little hyperbole on my part, but I think he's fantastic. And, uh, I mean, Cena is Cena. You know what you're getting. He's going to work his ass off, and you'll hear him call some spots. But uh, I think this is going to be a lot of fun. Oddly enough, um, I don't know. It's weird to say that Wyatt will get his win back after six years, but I don't see Cena sticking around for a full-time, like, feud so I think he's going to he's gonna put him over, and we're going to have Bray Wyatt continuing to just be weird and wacky and wonderful all the way around. Yeah, I, I'm in agreement with you. I think The Fiend, uh, he's my currently my favorite guy. I think he kind of was like changing the game in terms of like um, creativity and character development. You know, he's got the split personality thing. I think it's a... Awesome, awesome character. Probably the best character they've had in such a long time. Um, obviously, I was disappointed with the rest of the marks when he lost to Goldberg, but I think we're all kind of past that now, and we're ready to see him get back to where he was. So I think it's great that they're referring back to... They're not pretending like this is a new feud. They're actually calling back to their old feud, which is really cool and rewarding for a fan that's loyal and uh, has been watching a while. And I, I would like to see Wyatt go over. I think he needs it, especially, like I said, he just lost the belt. Um, I think he needed somebody to step up, like an Undertaker or a Cena, to help him get his heat back after that loss. And thankfully, Cena kind of answered the call. And let's just hope that he puts him over and um, Wyatt can go back to what he was doing because he was doing some great stuff. 
Um, I just, I just can't, you just got to be careful. You can't have him lose too many times as the fiend character. Like that's, that's the thing about Bray's character. That was so awesome is that, you know, you could have Bray, you can lose, have him lose as many times as you want, as long as he's not the fiend. So, you know, I was hoping that when they took the belt off of Wyatt, it would have been, you know, the Mr. Rogers sweater guy that lost the belt for the fiend. And the fiend never takes a pinfall loss, you know, and to kind of keep that character protected. But they didn't go that route, whatever. But I think that um, they need to be careful with having the fiend eat so many pinfalls. Yeah, I agree with you 100. Um, percent Yeah, the fiend should be their one of their most protected assets in terms of. I know wins and losses don't matter a whole lot in wrestling, but uh, in terms of keeping the character um, to be taken seriously, I guess I don't. know, That's a weird sentence, but. Uh, I think he should be, yeah, the Fiend shouldn't be losing too much. And also, as a quick aside, he should have gone over the Undertaker WrestleMania. I'm sorry, I have to say it. Mm. You know, I think, I honestly, uh, uh, at that point, I think that he had already lost too many times. Because by that match, he had already lost to Cena. He had already lost to Jericho. And I think he had already lost to Roman Reigns. Uh, no, I'm, I think I'm wrong on that. I, I think I'm wrong. Sorry. But um, I just think if you're going to be going over the Undertaker at WrestleMania, I think you kind of have to be the machine has to be clearly behind you. And I just that's what killed Wyatt in the first place. Like they similar to what we said with Corbin a, a while ago is like stop and start, stop and start. You know, they'd heat him up. He'd get all these wins and then he'd just lose a bunch of times and he'd stop caring and then heat him back up like. I'm hoping that this reincarnation of his character, they just, they finally decide this is one of our top two, three, four guys, and we're going to protect him. We cannot have him lose. People have to buy him as a main guy, main attraction, because I think that's what was missing from the, um, like that hillbilly character was that they weren't fully behind him. They, they loved him enough to keep him on TV and to get all the merch and give him some good mania spots in good paydays, but I don't think that they truly wanted him to be a top, like a top long-term guy. And I hope that they change their mind. That would be nice to have them be consistent with at least somebody on this roster, right? This 50, 50 booking is kind of wrecked a lot of people over the years. And I think with a guy like Wyatt, who is so talented and so creative, they need to be behind him. Like you said, the machine needs to be behind him and, Maybe we'll actually get a real star out of this. Who knows? Uh, I, I hope so. I, I think, like, the idea of, like, um, you heard that they're going to make it like a movie production, right? Is that what I heard? Is, is that what you heard as well? Yeah, I've read a little bit about that, yeah. Yeah, so I'm, at first I was like, oh, Christ, like, this is going to be a nightmare. But you know what? If done, if done properly, I think it can really, it can be a really unique opportunity to breathe some even more fresh and fun life into this character, even though he's done a great job with it already. Yeah. I think the way that they handle it will do a lot to make us, well, I mean, we already care about Bray Wyatt, but everybody else um, really start to care about Bray Wyatt again uh, if they lost him a couple years ago. So I don't know. This is going to be very interesting. Uh, I think the last guy who had a, that uh, house of horrors or nightmare match was Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton, right? A few years ago. Yes, that was um, that ended due to the great Jinder Mahal. Oh my God! Oh, I you know I thought we imagine could do a Jinder whole Mahal without mentioning out. Jinder Mahal, but here we are. 
Imagine if Jinder Mahal uh, interferes in this match. That'd be the greatest thing. You just you <laughs> might as well. There's nobody else here. Jinder Mahal, just who cares? You're fine. You're already here. Let's do it. <laughs> no, but I, but um, yeah, I think it's going to be just like the House of Horrors, which for what it was, I kind of enjoyed it. Uh, it's kind of like a guilty pleasure. I thought it was kind of cool and different um, and kind of reminded me, I think that was before they got Matt Hart. No, that was right after they got Matt Hardy again. And it was, it reminded me like the final deletion stuff and uh, it was okay. It was pretty good. For what they did with it, it was fine. People crapped on it, obviously, but ah, it was fine. But speaking of Randy Orton, he's in a very serious feud. Matt, I don't know if you've been keeping up with this one, but Edge is back. Randy Orton RKO'd Beth Phoenix. This is, uh, well, it's a last man standing match. Edge, Randy Orton. I, um, I love everything about this. Me too. Pat, I'm sorry. Before I comment, another sick segue, I have to say. <laughs> um, but no. Yeah, I'm with you. This is a good story. Um, a little weird. Like, okay, I think they tripped up maybe like one week. I thought Orton, one of Orton's promos made like no sense. He's like, oh, well. I had to crush in his head to protect himself from ever getting injured in wrestling. It was like, wait, so you almost paralyzed the man to make sure that he never got paralyzed. But all right. But anyway, besides that weird little promo, I think the feud is awesome. These are like two pros that have a history. Again, another story that I think that they're talking about the past a lot, and that's cool for loyal fans and people that have been watching a long time. I think that uh, this has potential to be match of the night. Um, I think it'll be really great. And I think uh, it's great to see Edge again. I think he's a guy that can breathe some fresh life into a lot of the young talent. So I think this is a great starter feud for him with Orton. And then when he's done with this, you know, he's gone on record of saying like he wants to wrestle all these young guys and which is very exciting. And I think can, he can really help uh, the roster a lot. So what are your thoughts? Yeah, I like it. I like that this is his first, um, it's weird to say like getting his feet wet feud, but I mean, it's, you know, he's, he was off for nine years. So you want to put him in there with a guy who he's familiar with and who, um, well, from what I hope will protect him, I guess. Uh, that's a weird thing to say in, in such a, uh, gimmick match, but yeah, I think this is a good starting point for him to come back and get back into the fold. And yeah, he's mentioned he wants to wrestle styles. He wants to wrestle Alistair Black. He wants to wrestle all kinds of people. So, um, any and all of those, sign me up. I love Edge. Let's do this. Do you like that it's a gimmick match, or would you rather a single match? Just curious. I'm okay with it. Um, I think this is, I mean, it's weird to say ease his way back in in a last man standing match, but this is one where, oddly, they may not have to do too much in terms of taking a lot of crazy bumps. You know, you can just, you know, throw, them, throw the announce table on top of them, which, I mean, uh, that sounds like a crazy bump, but, you know, you don't have to do a hell of a lot creatively like you can just get in there all right how are we going to keep him down put some on top of him count to 10 i win screw you guys there you go done mm -hmm. are you not okay with it no I, I i was just curious i think it's good i think regard whatever you call it a last man standing or just a regular match it would have broken down into a brawl type of environment anyway so yeah might as well just uh take the guesswork out of it and, and let them kind of roll along yep oh man i don't have a segue for this one but well, that's because <laughs> we don't have half the match because reigns is out but the universal champion goldberg will defend against 
somebody. I've heard Braun Strowman. Um, I haven't gotten any official confirmation. Have you heard anything about that? Uh, I have not, but I think Strowman makes the most sense. And if that's the case, you know, it kind of sucks that their plan to just anoint Roman as champion again kind of didn't work. But Strowman's a good 1A, and I think I think Strowman getting a championship is pretty long overdue. A world championship is pretty long overdue. So uh, what better time than now? So I, I would love to see him with the belt and see how he does with it. I went on record as saying that this feud did not need the championship because, um, the you know, Reigns could have been out there, could have walked out to Goldberg any time and said, hey, I'm next, and that would have been fine. But now that Reigns is out for the foreseeable future, I like that this is a title match, and I think I agree with you. I think Braun, if Braun is the choice, um, Braun winning the championship would be would be good, and he could say, hey, I pinned Goldberg for the title at WrestleMania. Exactly. I think. Um... This whole issue has kind of forced WWE to finally pull the trigger on Strowman in a really unique way. And, um, you know, it's different because it's not like he's winning the championship off of some Joe Schmo. He's winning it off of a Hall of Famer at WrestleMania. So it's something that can never go away. Like, he will always be the one that beat over for the title at WrestleMania. So that kind of establishes him as a top-tier guy. So um, even though he he's another guy, stop and start, you know, like, He'll be hot for six months, and then, you know, he'll be low mid-card for a while, and it's just weird, you know. But now, finally, hopefully they can give this guy a big win and keep him on top for the remainder of his career. Imagine Goldberg wins. Uh, that, that wouldn't shock me. Sadly, that wouldn't shock me. Just think about that. Like, you have a replacement, a last-minute replacement. It's Braun Strowman, who's bigger than Goldberg. And imagine Goldberg just wins. And then they save Goldberg for Roman uh, at their first live show kind of thing. Oh, my God. I could see them doing it. Yeah, you might be. Who the hell knows? You might be right. <laughs> I have no idea. You're, pro- you're probably right. I hope I'm not. I don't want that to happen. Look, I love Goldberg. He's one of my favorite wrestlers ever. He does not need to be champion. He did not need to be champion for Roman to challenge him. But I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. Hmm. I don't know, Patty. You just uh, kind of depressed me. All right. Well, you know, I'll bring it around. Uh, unless you're not a Drew McIntyre fan, I don't know. This oh, might. Oh, I love Drew. This might hurt worse. Uh, Brock Lesnar, Drew McIntyre for the WWE Championship. I got to say, if this is their uh, their time to give the torch to Drew McIntyre, I'm I feel really bad for him that nobody's going to be there to see it. You know, I did too for a bit, um, but I read some. He actually had an interview that was very interesting uh kind of putting a silver lining on the wrestlemania situation saying like you know when i win that belt you know people aren't going to forget it ever because it'll be at the most unique wrestlemania of all time and he said you know i hear all the jokes about there's gonna be nobody there and blah 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 but i don't look at it that way i look at it that this is a show that nobody's ever going to forget because what the world is going through and um, people are never going to forget where they were when they watched this WrestleMania. And me winning that championship is going to be part of this WrestleMania. And he said, a lot of guys win the belt at WrestleMania and you forget about it. He's like, but I don't think people are ever going to forget when I win the belt. So I thought, wow. I was like, wow, it's actually really true. You know, so I don't know. He kind of turned my opinion on that for the better. I had not heard that. So thank you for bringing that to my attention. I like it. I like that he's taking a, a really good spin on this where it's like, yep, this is what we're dealing with. 
and I'm going to be positive instead of like, oh, man, nobody's going to cheer for me. But like, yeah, they're going to remember forever, you know, when I won the title from Brock Lesnar at an, in an empty arena. But like, oh, yeah, remember that weird WrestleMania? Oh, yeah, Drew McIntyre won the title for the first time. I do hope that if they do have him go over, that they don't have him keep being this like weird, hokey baby face that they've had for a little while because he does not fit that at all. I'm with you 100%. Now, Pat, if I said to you that there is a television show with a character on it who was a big Scottish ogre who'd like to count down from three, would you think that I'm talking about the WWE or Sesame Street? Well, knowing what I know about WWE, uh, it's both, but I I get the analogy. (laughs) But yes, if I was not a wrestling fan... And you had called me and said, now, Pat, there's this character. He counts down from three. He's Scottish. He's really hairy. And, uh, yeah, what do you think I'm watching? I'm like, why are you watching Sesame Street so often and not inviting me over? That's what I would say to you. <laughs> yes. And, a, and the Scottish ogre also is wearing a big black diaper. <laughs> <laughs> I see where you're going. I, and I'm, uh, I'm okay with the analogy. I, I agree with you, though. I feel like he has to become more of an ass kicker. Uh, oh, by the way, if you want to change your opinion on Drew McIntyre from this goofy guy, WWE put out a video of him like training in Scotland. I don't know if you've seen it. Yes, I have. That's actually really oh. cool. Awesome. All I need is just to watch that, and I'm fine. Like I'm, I'm done seeing him count down three, two, one, or and then doing a kick. I just want to see this guy like work out and like kick ass, and that's it. I'd actually be okay if he didn't cut as many promos. Same. I think he needs to stop talking, even though he cuts really good promos. But like I said before, like, why does everybody have to be good at everything and do everything? Because, Matt, they only have one model for how a babyface should be, one model how a heel should be. And if you don't fit all those boxes, it's your fault you didn't get over, and we're done with you. That's how it works. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. It never used to be that way. No, we used to have, you know, a bunch of unique characters and everybody did their own thing and everybody got over on on what they were good at instead of, oh, well, you failed as this guy and, uh, you know, they didn't like you. Well, yeah, because I'm not a hokey countdown from three kind of guy. I'm just let me go out there and beat the out of you kind of guy. Right. Exactly. No, I'm with you. Oh, man, I'm sorry I didn't get good segues for the end, but I feel like the rest of the show (laughs) was okay. You know, you can't win them all. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> can't win them all patty you batted almost like 800 though with those segues that was very good and here's a callback from last year i batted as well as Big E did if i made him a baseball player oh Big E was like uh was pretty much ken griffey from ken griffey jr baseball oh yeah he was the greatest player of all time love it sick <laughs> i'm really bummed out usually we do a, a way too early world series prediction when we do this show but we don't know when baseball is going to come back or anything's going to come back. So we can't really do that, can we? No, not this year, but something to look forward to next year. I certainly hope so. Matt, I, as always, I appreciate your time. I know we went a little over. Sorry about that. but uh, No, it's okay, buddy. My pleasure. I always enjoy talking to you, especially talking wrestling and catching up with you, man. Always a pleasure. Oh, I love this. Uh, so WrestleMania, two nights hosted by Rob Gronkowski. We didn't even touch on that. We don't have to. Um, we don't have to. I will say it must be a nightmare to be his friend. That's all. So uh, Saturday, April 4th, today will be the first night, and then Sunday's the next night. So I think 6 p.m. Eastern are the start times for those. 
Um, just get the network. Don't pay your cable provider. They're charging too much money. So there you go. Again, Matt, uh, thank you so much for hanging out. Be safe out there. Keep washing your hands and, you know, just don't touch anybody. Same. You too, Patty. Stay safe, buddy. <laughs> Thanks, man. And there you have it, my friends. We did it. Well, uh, okay, I haven't done it yet. This me hasn't done it yet, but you just heard it. Our preview for, again, uh, the most interesting WrestleMania I think we've ever had. So uh, thank you to Matt for joining me. Or if someone else had to jump in and, um, and make the tag, as we say, then I appreciate you as well. But as far as I know, Matt and I are doing this sometime this week. So hopefully it all worked out. Hopefully we were able to do it. Otherwise, it may have been just me rambling for 40 minutes or so on uh, on how weird this card's going to be. So I was initially um, a little bit turned off by this. But now I realize that uh, this is going to be a lot of fun. Again, the most interesting, most unique WrestleMania we've ever had. Uh, I've been pushing for a two-day WrestleMania for years. So this uh, the circumstances are not good. But I do like that they're trying this out. And maybe this will be the way going forward. I don't know. If they want to put 75 matches on the card, maybe this should be the way. So uh, we should find out. Um, well, we'll find out, I guess, uh, in a year if they do this, if we're still, uh, well, if we're out of the woods for this pandemic, then we'll see what happens. But, um, yeah, so WrestleMania Saturday, 7 p.m. is the uh, the first night, and then Sunday at 7 is night two on uh, on the WWE Network. I would recommend doing that. If you're going to watch it, if you don't have the network already, um, I would sign up. Uh, I was going to say come on over, but no, we can't do that. So sign up. It's free for 30 days. So do that because um, if you buy this on pay-per-view, they're going to charge you a heck of a lot of money. So uh, do the network thing and uh, and have fun that way. Uh, that way you don't spend uh, all that money. All right. All right. So that's it. TheNextLevelNetwork.com for all of our wonderful podcasts. The Short Live Show Show. We're back, by the way. Forgot to mention that. Last week, uh, of course, uh, the spotlight is on its way back, I presume. Uh, what lurks behind podcast here? Paul is out there doing all his things. And Panels the Pixels rolling right through with their uh, with their TV and movie reviews. And they're a lot of fun. And, of course, our pals, TFD Nerdcast, chugging along as always. I wanted to say rolling right along to make another fat joke, but I've used that a lot. So maybe I should try something else. I don't know. Zach, Chad, let me know. Um, <laughs> let me know what you, what you think, how you think I should describe you on the show. I don't, nobody's listening at this point, uh, but I'm everywhere at the Melting Pat, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and dot com. Uh, oh, sorry, NXT Lover Radio. We are on, uh, the network is on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook at the Next Level Network. Uh, leave me a voicemail or send a text 209-867-7638 uh, for all the things or drop me a line at tmpfanmail at gmail. Com. And if you'd like to, to help this show sound better, you can send me some cash money. There we go. Might be a coin in there somewhere. Um, really, all I want is a third cubicle panel, and they cost uh, some money. So if you want to help out, make it sound a little better, and then uh, you can come on the show and talk about whatever the hell you want. I would, uh, you know, it's uh, the Meltic Pat, PayPal and something else. I forgot what the other one is, but it's all the Meltic Pat because branding and all that. All right, there you go. I don't like to beg for stuff, but... I threw it out there just because, so we'll see what happens. I used to hawk for donations on the live show, so this is uh, very similar, except it's for a more selfish cause. All right, there you <laughs> Jesus. Pat, you're not helping. Yes, I know. All right, that's it. That's the, that's the show. Next week, we are back to normal, as far as I can tell. Uh, we'll do some stuff and have some fun with that, all right? So until then, my friends, have fun. Be safe. Thank a veteran. 
And of course, don't do anything I wouldn't do. G Love and Special Sauce with Cold Beverage. They're going to play us out as they always do. Philadelphonic.com for more from them. This has been an 8 Boiling production. So there you go. We did all the stuff. Thank you very much. I'll talk to you next week. Until then, you know the drill. Just go have fun and wash your hands and just stay apart, okay? Stay home. Can we do that? I know you can. I believe in you. I believe in all of us. All right? All right. I'll see you later. You've been inside the melting pad on the next level network. Go crap open a cold one. Yo. Could I get a cold beverage? I need some leverage. A sweaty ass as a lemonade would be nice. Stop a spice from the top to a BK. Got a bar, got a drink, but girls got the bait on the front porch. Yeah, I got some ice tea. If you like a taste of tea, then come along with me. Summertime is steaming, don't give me no bugs. Glass some ice and a dash of a mess, martini time. Yeah, yeah, feeling cold and bring your own beverage. It's me, so it's cold. I like cold beverage, yeah. I like cold beverage, yeah. From the fountain, real good sounding Chocolate egg cream, yo, on ten cherry grounds And caught chill by Arsles and my ride Wobbles to the right, they got beverages Inside of me, a high coffee, then fill it up with ice Watermelon is like a drink, please fix me a large slice Summertime is cool, the heat is getting old Yeah, I have a beverage, sweet, so it's cold Cold, 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 cold There's something from the bar Yeah, I like cold beverage, yeah I like cold beverage, yeah I'm feeling kind of hard. Stick it in the fridge, stick it in the fridge, stick it in the fridge, stick it in the fridge. Stick it in the fridge, stick it in the fridge, stick it in the fridge, stick it in the fridge. Go, girl, work the cold one. Go, girl, work the cold one. What? Go, girl, work the cold one. Go, girl, work the cold one. Yo, where I'm fishing? Keep one thing clear, the bait's over there, the brew's right here. Two six packs in a big bag of ice, didn't even get a bite, but the brew tastes nice, back to the ball. So every decoration of colada, need a whole lot of them full drinks, they got me up on the muscle, I'm the Kool-Aid kid. When you serve my drink, please stick it in the fridge, cause I like cool beverage, yeah. I like cool beverage, yeah. I like cool beverage, yeah. Uh-huh, I'm kinda thirsty. I like cool beverage, yeah. I like cold beverage, yeah.